0: The following presentation is a Barrett Sports Media production.
1: He's connected. Jason Barrett says, I'd like to see you here. The answer is when, where, what do you need? Respected. He's got a long and distinguished career in the sports radio business. Truly one of the titans of our industry. And unequivocally invested. This is the place to be if you're in the sports business. He is Jason Barrett, and this is the Jason Barrett Podcast. Now bringing you in depth conversations with the best and brightest in sports media and shedding light on the industry's biggest opportunities and challenges. Here's the The president of Barrett Media, Jason Barrett.
0: Back in the Barrett Sports Media office after a few days in Detroit and Ann Arbor, Michigan. I am Jason Barrett. This is the Jason Barrett Podcast. I was finally able to check out the big house, the first stop on my fall college football tour. It was awesome. Michigan crushed Colorado State as expected. I then checked out the Barstool Sportsbook on Saturday night. And while I was in Detroit, I did some listening, of course, to 97.1 The Ticket. Jimmy Powers, his station, does a really strong job in the format. My next trip is to Columbus for an Ohio State game. I'm really looking forward to that. On today's show, as BSM celebrates seven years in business, I thought it was time to reconnect with a former colleague and one of the best in the game, Colin Cowherd. Colin's success in radio and TV is well-documented, but he's also building the volume into a major player in the digital space. The network has established itself well over the past 18 months. The addition of Draymond Green certainly played into that. I think you'll appreciate and enjoy much of what he has to say in today's conversation that's coming up in a little bit. For those of you listening who haven't yet read my column on BarrettSportsMedia.com, We have announced our plans for the 2023 BSM Summit. We are returning to the West Coast and the City of Angels, Los Angeles. Our first public event took place in LA in 2019, and it went very well. The decision was close between LA and Las Vegas, but in the end, the access to talent, corporate sponsors, and the ability to deliver our event From the gorgeous Founders Club at the Galen Center at the USC campus just felt right. The dates are March 21st and March 22nd, 2023. That's a Tuesday and Wednesday. I didn't want to run the show on NCAA tournament days, which is why we steered clear of doing a Thursday. While we're in town, both the Lakers and the Clippers have home games, which is always a cool benefit outside of the show. There's a lot of work to do in the weeks and months ahead, and I'll have additional announcements to make regarding speakers, so stay tuned. In the meantime, if you have questions about sponsorships, email Stephanie at sales at or if you've got session ideas or speaker pitches you want to pass along, I can be reached by email at jbarrett at sportsradiopd.com. But there will be plenty of time in the future to get into details about the summit, and I'll do that on this podcast as well as the website. But for now, it's time for this week's edition of what I've seen or heard. Attention. Attention. Have I got your attention now? Media personalities are public figures just as sports figures are. We spend each day dissecting athletes, coaches, and executives for the results they produce on and off the field court or ice and expect them to handle criticism from our hosts, callers, and guests. Yet when it comes to us, we want the good news highlighted and the bad news or critical content hidden. It doesn't work that way. Last week, Ian Beckles of WDAE in Tampa ripped Maggie Gray of CBS Sports Radio over her opinion of Cowboys offensive lineman Tyron Smith's hamstring injury. I heard Ian's take, and personally, I didn't love his position. A former player denouncing a media person because they didn't play the game is silly in my book. Though I may disagree with Ian's opinion on Maggie, I still respect Ian, his station, and P.D. John Mamola. and if they made news tomorrow, we'd cover it again on BSM, just as we always have. But my commentary isn't about Ian or Maggie's opinion. It's about understanding what BSM is and isn't going to do when it comes to sports media coverage. First, we focus on three things, news, opinion, and people. This means we present opinions from industry professional writers such as Ryan Brown, Danny O'Neill, features on broadcasters, which you'll see from Derek Futterman, Brady Farkas, Tyler McComas, and news and opinions from the airwaves, social media, and industry press releases. The Ian Beckles-Maggie Gray saga fits the latter of news or opinion from the airwaves. That story was similar to 93.7 The Fans' Colin Dunlop being critical of Jack Collinsworth and Katie Nolan saying she was crushed when she didn't get the HBO gig. I remember Katie actually got annoyed with us posting that story and I get it, sometimes talent say things publicly that they don't want others to know, but if that's the case, say it privately. Once it's public, it's news. We have four editors and more than 20 writers involved with our brand. They know their jobs are to produce content that fits into those three boxes. I own the brand and am ultimately responsible but I trust and empower my team to do their jobs. No differently than a CEO trusts his or her team to represent their company or brand the right way. I don't assume every time a host gives an opinion on a radio station that it represents how David Field, Bob Pittman, Caroline Beasley, or Mary Burner think, and I'd encourage you to do the same with BSM and BNM. We have a lot of people here who love the media business, but they write about it differently. As long as we're accurate and fair, I'm good with it. To clear up any confusion, I don't write often. If I do, my name is on it. If it says BSM staff, chances are it's not me. I say that for a reason, not to pass the buck, but because our team does a very good job of reading, listening, watching, and verifying information. Are we perfect? No. There may be an occasional spelling error or two, which my crew knows drives me nuts, But rarely do we put something on the site that's inaccurate. I tell my team all the time, we don't cover sports and news. We cover sports media and news media. So if it involves a broadcaster, brand, media issue, or event, we're on it. We don't cater content to one company over others, and I don't ignore brands and their talent if their parent company doesn't hire me for consulting work. I'm involved across the industry with numerous groups and have friends and relationships in many cities. I'm a believer in being fair to all. We're not looking to be a black cloud over the business, especially since most of our team work in this industry and they enjoy it, but we're also not going to ignore covering issues just because you don't like it or think we should do things a different way. If I wanted to break news and create noise, I could. I get a lot of inside information. If we were driven by clicks, I'd be going all out to advance the news cycle. But I have too much respect and value the process of what decision makers go through. And I take pride in being someone others respect and trust. And I try to offer the same courtesy in return. But where I draw the line, if something is said publicly and it fits one of those three boxes, it's now media news content. We're going to run our business the way we feel is best for us. I'm not in every person's head or workspace, but I'd like to think that over the years, we've shown we support the industry and are consistently fair. If you think we aren't and don't wanna support what we do because you don't like an occasional story that's written on the site and not favorable to you, that's fine. But handling negative press is part of your job. I support my team and the job they do to keep the industry informed. They'd all rather write things that people will share and praise them for, but stories don't always work that way. I appreciate that many across the industry read our content and have a high opinion of it, and they want to see the industry do well, but critical remarks and negative news can't be avoided. We cover competitive people in different cities working for different companies. It's impossible to please everyone. We try to be fair, accurate, and accessible. And for seven years, that seemed to work. If we're going to make it through seven more, we'll do so by sticking to our values and our commitment to those three content boxes. I don't expect everyone to agree. Just understand how we approach our coverage.
1: Well done, sir.
0: And as always, if you have a question or comment based on anything I said, you can find me on Twitter at SportsRadioPD or you can reach me by email, jbarrett at sportsradiopd.com. Now it's time for this week's featured guest, and we've got a good one for you. Colin Cowherd and I have known each other for nearly 20 years. He's someone I hold in high regard. He's a talent who's consistently found ways to cut through the clutter. His views on the business are always interesting, and he's a guy you can have fun ball busting with. Not every major star has an ability to be self-deprecating. Cowherd certainly does. We talked about his move into the digital space changes to his show, and a ton more. So crank up the volume and enjoy my chat with the one and only Colin Cowherd. Yo, listen! The last time you and I saw each other, Colin, it was the volume one-year anniversary party, which, by the way, was fantastic. But the last time we talked business was 2019 on stage in L.A., And I don't know if you remember your response, but I asked you about the podcasting business and you gave one of the best answers that had the room in stitches.
1: I got nothing against podcasting. It's hard to monetize. My job is to take care of my radio bosses, Mm -hmm. my digital bosses and my TV bosses. I'm in a I'm in a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. If I had six people walk down the hallway, I'd make eye contact with five podcast boss. I'd say (laughs) make more money for me.
0: so here we are three years later and you were at that time going where's the money in podcasting obviously you saw something what was it that got you thinking hey you know what I maybe I need to look closer in that space
1: well it was actually um, the pandemic so I mean I, I Bill Simmons I knew um, I'm a broadcaster so and this is not a shot at anybody. Uh, I didn't grow up wanting, I didn't know, there was no podcasting. I never wanted to be the world's best podcaster. I'm a broadcaster, radio and TV. and But I'm always looking for new things. And, you know, I, I, I saw guys that were crushing it, like Bill. And I was happy for them. Um, but I had responsibilities and outlets, and they were lucrative. And so the pandemic hit, and I got a phone call It was either from Julie Talbot or one of the salespeople. And she said, you know, this is hard to believe since there are no cars on the road in America, but your ratings are up and your revenue is completely stable. And that is an exception. There's, I think she said it was Rush Limbaugh and me, I think at some point. So I remember getting off the phone and thinking, wait a minute. So my show is sold out and the ratings are good. What happens when the pandemic ends, when cars are back mm-hmm. on the road, I'm going to have nowhere to put all these spots. And it was like, I have to create a business. So if somebody calls and says, I want to be in the herd, I can say, all right, well, we've got availabilities on the show, TV, radio, or on this new network I formed. So it, it was really like, or you give that money to my rivals. Yep. And so I went to Julie Talbot and I said, we got to solve this. So she saw the vision in it, we did, and uh, we've got a rev share deal, and, and iHeart's been amazingly supportive, and it's just grown even faster than I thought. So I was talking to Erica Nardini once about this, like, um, I, I said, if you can't monetize something, is it worth your time? And she said, yes, you will eventually figure out how to monetize stuff, like TikTok. Yep. Um, and she's right, is that you can't be consumed with, does not make a ton of money today? Is it, does it have a growth trajectory? Um, Do you enjoy it? Uh, Do you think it's scalable? And I think with podcasting, the answer is yes, in all those. And I'm having the time of my life.
0: So the way you've built the brand over the last 18 months has been impressive. You touched on some of the growth. Obviously, the Dream on Green edition was big, got a lot of attention. You guys just brought in Richard Sherman, Mike Silver, some really talented people, even some under the radar people that maybe. The whole world doesn't know, but I pay attention to like T-Bob Bear, who's excellent. Obviously, this is something you've got, you know, you've got a good ear. You've got good eyes. You know who can move the needle and who can. What is it that ultimately you're looking for that makes you decide, hey, this is someone we want to put under this brand or not?
1: Well, there are some strategic theories I have on on-air talent, um, and I don't want to give all those away. I am absolutely looking for a certain type of personality. Um, And I've hired that personality probably 13 out of 14 times.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, You do have to be willing. I don't think this is a secret. You have to be willing to be a performer. Um, You know, I I told years and years ago, and probably 10 years ago, Mark Schlereth wanted to get into radio. And I I said, Mark, this is going to sound off-putting, but the show is called The Herd. It's not called the caller. It's not called the guest. It's not called the producer. It's called the herd. You look at Rachel Maddow's show. It's not about politics. It was about Rachel's worldview on politics. Mm -hmm. Same with Tucker Carlson. Yep. And and I told Mark, I said, Mark, you're what I care about. People are going to turn in for your view as an experienced NFL player on sports. It's not just a sports show. It's your show. That's something I think about a lot in podcasting. I'm looking for performers. Draymond Green can talk to himself in a room. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can't. I mean, I I know broadcasters. Jason, you know them. They don't, they're not comfortable filling nine minutes unless their producers are talking.
0: It's dead. I, on. I,
1: I I say this all the time. A lot of hosts need a sidekick, a lot of hosts need guests, a lot of hosts need producers. I need a microphone. Draymond Green needs a microphone. So You have to be willing to be a performer and to talk to yourself and go back and forth with yourself. You have to be willing to be wrong. Mm -hmm. Don't be paralyzed by it. The the analogy, Jason, I've used for years with young broadcasters. If you walked up to a bar and there was a guy talking and he was right on everything, after about 10 minutes, you'd think, what a know-it-all. But if he was right half the time, but he was a great storyteller and he was fascinating as heck. You'd stick around, order a second beer, and listen in. Yeah. Um, The money's not always in right. You'd rather be right than wrong. But sometimes massively wrong is funny and wildly entertaining and the audience can beat up on. i don't it. know i don't
0: know if you'll even remember this line you had this back in like 2008 or 9 you said there are a lot more guys right than me they're working overnights <laughs> i never forgot that line I was like it, there's so true how many guys that are in a building go i know more sports than he does i've got more opinions that were right than he does I'm like who cares did someone spend the next 10 minutes with you or not who, who nobody keeps score listening to shows that
1: yeah and so one of the things i look for and this is you know is a performative nature are you willing to just talk to yourself funny laugh at yourself uh, draymond by the way is incredibly coachable uh richard sherman's always been wildly expressive that's exactly we were i was we were looking at richard sherman for a lot longer than richard sherman knows we were looking <laughs> he was that he was that recruit that we were we were circling for about a year. He has a belief on something like today, and it's I listened to him, and it's just perfect. And uh, and by the way, uh, the young man from Baton Rouge who you love, what a find he has been. My staff, you know, they comb stuff and then they bring them to me, and they say, you know, I'll get the final say on who I like and who I don't. And uh, he was exactly.
0: Well, listen, he comes from good lineages. Dad played in the NFL. His dad's been a radio host. And T-Bob's been outstanding at Baton Rouge. You know, obviously, that's all the talent side. But to build a business, you've got to have people helping you on the executive level, too, to help you find new partnerships, make sure the technical side of this, the social side, is all strong. We announced on BarrettSportsMedia.com last week that you guys were expanding the executive team, five new hires in that space. Why did you feel at this time it was important to add up top to in order to grow the company?
1: Before I started the company, I called some of the smartest people I knew in business. And I said, hey, just, just give me a two-minute synopsis on a do and a don't. Um, you know, a Peter Chernin was one of those people. Give me a do and a don't. They all kind of said the same thing. Don't fall in love with your ideas. Double down on stuff that works. And move off shit that doesn't fast. So we started as a podcast company. And today I would call ourselves a digital first, digital podcasting gambling company. Uh, the gambling vertical is going to continue to grow for us. I just think in order for us to grow, there are no great companies without great management. Jason, you know this. The Rams from Cronkey to Les Sneed mcveigh great leadership. Look at the Warriors. Joe Laca, Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, smart people. You can look at ESPN. The better the leadership, the better the revenue, the better the momentum. And so for us to really grow at the pace, at the professional level I'm looking for, we just need excellent managers. And we've got them. I'm just really proud. I think we're at 26 employees. Um, Our management team is really good. The other day I had a discussion with Michael Rubin, obviously the the fanatics founder. And he said something that resonated with me. He said, listen, you got to know what you know and know what you don't. And I thought I knew everything in the world until I was about 33. Then you start having kids. Then you realize you don't know much about anything. I think it's just kind of my DNA is I like handing the baton to somebody and saying, I'm hiring you. I think you're great. Go do you. I got to be honest with you. Quality of life matters to me. I went to Turks and Caicos. It was expensive. Best time I've ever had with my kids, right? Like, yep. you got to live, go to dinner, have fun, buy an extra cocktail, a bottle of wine for a friend. You, you got to spend money to get great management, to evolve and grow. Let's be twitchy. Let's not fall in love with ourselves or our ideas. Like, again, I think we're more digital than podcasting. And I love podcasting now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're building the right way. I'm proud of it. I think the quality of our production is Excellent. Um, you know, Logan Swain has just, you know, I talked to Logan a lot, and you know, we 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 go back and forth. He'll say, I mean, stuff that I didn't believe years ago. I'm like, esports, guy, give me a break. And then we go out and hire this kid, Maze. He's just fantastic. And you know, I wouldn't have known that. And Logan came to me and he said, Listen, I think it's a vertical, I think it's interesting, I think he's a big talent. And I started watching his stuff, and I'm like, that kid is. Really good. None of us are paralyzed by being right. Like I'm wrong all the time. The only people that are always right are anonymous people on social media. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever they are, they're always, they're never wrong. It's amazing.
0: You referenced in that uh, answer how you had your chat with Michael Rubin. I watched that show, I didn't listen to it. To your uh, point about the production value, the video quality was fantastic. And what was interesting when we put out the executive management story, and I'm going through a bunch of the details. And I saw this stat, and I thought, okay, this got to be wrong. You know, it's 800,000 subscribers across multiple people, including the brand bigger than The Ringer. The Ringer's got a five-year head start. That can't be right. And I'm digging, I'm like, holy crap, it is right. <laughs> like This has been done in less time, five years head start that brand had. And obviously, you look at the business world, as I know you do, The Ringer got bought for a lot of money by Spotify. DraftKings jumps in with Levitard and his company, McAfee with FanDuel. Do you get excited because you go, hey, this is what it could look like? Or do you get ticked off in the meantime going, we've got a better story here. And there are these kind of things out there. How do I get a bigger piece of this? Well, I think you learn this as a
1: parent. Don't compare. We have our own business. Um, I think it's something that's important to me, Jason. I wish this was more common in the media. I wish more of us rooted for each other. Whenever you see athletes, if an athlete gets a contract, other athletes are like, you got the bag, man. I'm totally happy for you. You know, I, I remember sitting down very briefly with Pat McAfee a few years ago, and I'm like, man, you just go do your own thing. You don't need a co-host. You just go crush. I'm really happy for him. I love the industry. Yep. I could talk broadcasting. I mean, I, I sit up all night thinking about ideas and theories and belief systems. When people are good at it, I'm really happy for them. I really am, and I'm not saying in my life I haven't had uh, envy or jealousy, but I, I don't want to compare us to anything. I think we're our own thing. Same sports, different angles. Mm-hmm. We looked at everything. We looked at bar stool. We looked at ringer. We looked at we looked at everything. Everybody out there, and I said, I want to find some performers who a network wouldn't quite know what to do with. A network would go, ugh. God, they drop F-bombs a little too often, or do they have a cocktail during their podcast? We just have authentic, real people that love sports and give you different angles on it. Mm -hmm. People are fascinated with sports, and they want the the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I hope we're delivering that. Uh, Draymond Green is, hey, this is what happened in the locker room last night. Richard Sherman's like, don't buy this. This is what's really happening. I love when people give me those things, so I like to provide insight to people. So, our mission has been, we're going to talk sports. Look at the television ratings. People love sports, but I want people that can give me new information in different angles.
0: You know, one thing I noticed, um, and this, I don't know how long it's been going on, but obviously it's probably the last year and a half. You've got a podcast company that's important to build. You've got a big profile. A lot of people follow you. It's your baby. So you're going to promote it. Right. And you use social a lot for it. And rightfully so. You've built a lot of shows. They need to be promoted. So that being said, I remember when we were on stage together, you told me everything, you know, at the end of the day, I got to take care of TV and radio. That's who's paying the bills. That's that's what's priority one. And I noticed over the last year and a half, there's a little more focus on the show getting promotion through the show's channels and Colin's channel being a little more interactive with people tweeting about life and then promoting the volume and you'll put the hurt in there too, but not, not an over overload of it. Like you might've done in the past. And what was the rationale for switching, switching up?
1: Well, I, I tend to think it takes about three to four years to build up my show at ESPN where I'm where not only it takes about six months to build chemistry. Uh, It takes about three years to build revenue momentum. So I kind of felt like, Hey, listen, we got to build this puppy up. Um, but I also know that the machine is really humming. Uh Fox Sports, the show's humming. My radio shows never made more money. I've never charged more for spots. So when I wake up in the morning, my absolute, complete focus every morning until noon is my radio TV shows. Then I go have lunch with my staff. We chop it up. Do we like the show? Did not who's on tomorrow? And then at 12 30, I'm out the door. Go on, work out, take a nap, call my captains my lieutenants my my team updates I find building stuff takes a couple years that's hard mm-hmm. the hardest stuff about the volume was the nine to ten months building it you know the first year it's like hey it's kind of working we're not we're not anything yet but it's working now I'm like kind of easy I built up my social I built up momentum revenue momentum Joy Taylor came on she was just a home run very quickly. And I was like, all right, now it's appropriate. I can build this separate ecosystem. I've got nothing but time. I mean, you know what, Jason, it's funny about time. So there's 24 hours in a day, obviously. I, I'm a light sleeper, seven hours. Throw in an hour a day to eat. I eat too fast, as anybody on my staff will tell you. Uh, put in an hour to walk, workout. Uh, put in two hours to read. However many hours I just added up. You got about six left. I'm not a social animal. So there's a lot of time in the day. I have the herd. I have the volume. I have a food and beverage business now with herd burgers, my beer. I, I own wine stores in Connecticut. Uh, my wife and I play around with real estate. I've still got plenty of time mm-hmm. this morning, I went for 90 minutes and just did errands and then sat around waiting for this for 30 minutes. I'm not an overly dramatic person stuff. It just runs. It runs itself.
0: you mentioned Joy Taylor a moment ago. Obviously, Change. She's moving on to the TV side with Acho and uh, LaShawn McCoy. And I thought it was hilarious when I saw Jason McIntyre was coming on the show. I'm literally sitting there going, I remember when Colin crashed the big lead. And now here he is sharing a studio with the guy who he crashed. What made him the right fit for you at this point in time? You guys have always had pretty good chemistry and on air conversations. But, you know, the last since you moved to Fox, you had Leahy in there and then Joy. So, obviously, it's a change.
1: I just felt instantly with joy a chemistry i mean i i I knew her, I knew her brother, but I just thought, "Oh, this works. I like her. she's fun. she's incredibly verbal, super quick. It took about six months for us to really trust each other on the air and get you know kind of sandpaper the rough edges. She was a great partner. she wanted to, and i you know it's like. The first day she told me she wanted to be, you know, kind of on a show that was not that she's not a huge part of the herd, but she had a chance to kind of upgrade to a show that she's really a a, a central force of it. For a day, I was, uh, what's the word I would say? For a day, I pouted. Woe is me. Another woman leaves me. (laughs) 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 And then the next day I called her and I said, you know what? of course you're leaving. Of course you are. You're, you're, you know, you're good. And then, then I'm prideful that I'm like, I hope I was 5% of that. And then, you know, I went upstairs and talked to the bosses and I said, you know, we we bounced around some stuff. And I said, you know, I put McIntyre on once a week on Fridays. He's very funny. He likes sports gambling, which I think that's just a a good business to be in. I said, I think he's a bright guy. He works really, really hard family guy. He's going to grind crazy hours I said, let's let's give him a run on chemistry. So um, I would say it took us about eight to ten shows where, again, you start kind of trusting each other. It, it it was kind of weird. So Joy and I had all this vacation time and then I had to get him reps. So I wish we would have had a little bit more official send off. And Joy knows I'm a huge fan and she's great. Uh, but it was kind of a, a weird ending because we're debuting a bunch of shows, management's in New York, getting them ready. She's got a couple of weeks off. She's like a global traveler. I mean, she's like Rick Steves. Oh, I know. I see road. it
0: all over social. She's everywhere. Yeah.
1: And so, um, but it's just, I don't know. I just kind of feel like um, I knew instantly with Joy. I'm like, yeah, this works. Uh, and I knew with Jason, I thought, you know, he he deserves a shot at this. I tend to think it takes about six months to really, you know, like an old pair of shoes, really get comfortable. Um, after this football season will be in January, February, and it really will both be, just be like, you know, an old couple you f- you finish sentences right so but he's a hustler and that's enjoys a total hustler and that's a really great quality you know I like those second round basketball players like Draymond Green. dream <laughs> so I like that chip on the shoulder that you've been overlooked McIntyre you know blogger Yo. didn't come up the traditional way you know joy woman had to battle to get on the air. Like, I I like that route. Those are my kind of people.
0: You know, one thing I want to ask you about, I've got two final things, and then I'm going to hit you with a couple rapid fires to put this to bed. You're going to love one of them that I've got planned for you. I can't wait to hear your response to it. But one thing, you know, flies under the radar is probably the best way I'd say this when it comes to you. Nobody, I don't think, ever realizes when you look back over the last 15 years, your work with Michelle Beadle on TV, on the radio side, Christine Leahy, Joy Taylor, people probably forget, had you stayed at ESPN, you would have been working with Jen Lada at one point. I deal with it on a local level. I'll often hear, you know, this format needs more women on it. Okay, cool. And then a job opens up, hey, we'd love to have some female interest. And it's quiet crickets. And, you know, I I often go through when I'm talking to broadcasters, stations, GMs, and I'm like, listen, we're going to obviously look differently because it's just not going to appear in your inbox and it's not going to appear down the hall. As someone who pays attention to other shows, what do you think would make sports radio more interesting to more women?
1: Let me first say um, you forgot Carissa Thompson, who I've not been crucial to her success, Correct. but I'll tell you a story I've never told anybody. So when I came to Fox, I was contract uh, contractually obligated to do the Herd. And they were eventually going to start Speak for Yourself. I was not contractually obligated to do the weekend show. And uh, Eric Shanks came up to me and he said, hey, um, would you want to be part of the Fox show? I said, tell me who the host is. And he said, Carissa Thompson. And I said, I'm in. I would not have taken that show without Carissa. Uh, I worked with Carissa briefly on uh, Speak for Yourself. Uh, I mean, she's got a real comedic timing, um, she really knows her stuff. Um, so I'm, I first of all, I've been w- incredibly fortunate. I mean, Joy, holy shit! I mean, you know, I mean, she's just really good. Like, I and I'll say this I think Joy, in my opinion, and I obviously biased, but in the opinion space for women in America in sports, I think Joy's the best. I absolutely believe that. Um, so. And Joy gets the credit for that. (laughs) No, she really works hard. So how can you make it more interesting for women? Let's get back to the real question before I rambled on. Um, Sports talk radio is important, but it's not the only entryway into it. So I think there's cable shows. I think think there's network. I think there's sports radio. I think there's podcasting. So I think women are well-represented. I think the traditional route is, "Hey, how come there are not more women on afternoon drive?" Yep. Here is something I would ask: Are we sure a lot of women want to do afternoon drive and take calls from angry guys <laughs> going home after a miserable day at work? Right? You know, you look at uh, Mia Kimes was a writer, a brilliant young lady, and uh, then she did some podcasting. Then they put her on cable shows, and she's done very well for herself. That's she didn't need sports talk radio. Sports Talk Radio was good for me. It's not for everybody. It can be a little crass. Um, sometimes the standards, your live drop, you have a lot of hours to fill. I see women crushing everywhere. I mean, I, I think Renee Paquette, mm-hmm. I remember the first moment at the volume where I thought, oh, my God, we got a huge break. So she had this podcast, Oral Sessions. And it. Uh, I don't follow the rankings on a daily basis, but I had seen it before. And I got a call. I think it was from Logan Swain. And they said, um, what do you think about Renee the cat? And I'm like, could we get her? And one of my guys said, yeah, I think so. And I was like, holy shit, that's our break. Like, that's our break. So I've had a couple of those. Um, prime example, I, I remember when Live Moods came in. So she was a cheerleader at TCU. I think there's a lot of different ways to get noticed. Are you witty? Are you funny? Um, live moods is funny, and then Renee Paquette wrestling, yep, yep. And podcasting. So these aren't traditional routes, right? Um, you know, Joy Taylor did a more traditional uh, uh, route, but even Joy did sports talk radio in Miami. Yep. It, there weren't many women on the air at that point. Like she was producing, then she's on the air. So I think there's a lot of routes. I see talent everywhere. Um, you know it's the opinion space can be really vile i know people i know guys that are like how do you take the abuse and i always say twitter's got filters <laughs> i don't see it <laughs> but if i sat there and i'm also a busy guy but you know i'll throw this at you kevin durant aaron rogers not married no kids get home
0: they're on, on the phone day. they're locked in and they're very
1: sensitive yep i guarantee you brady's not doing that all day right. he's got TV twelve. He's got a wife. He's got kids. So I think, you know, the traditional sports talk radio yell at people. I I I see talent coming from a variety. I just hired a guy that plays Madden. I mean, <laughs> Alex Monaco was doing stand up, yep. and I saw his tape, and I'm like, he's out of control. I, but this is totally different. So I think I think the gift to all young people. When I was growing up, man, you had to be a writer, a local sportscaster, or a talk show host. Yep. Or maybe play by. Or like well, you had to go to lanes. a small
0: market for ten years. You know, cut your teeth, produce a show, and then, okay, fine, he paid his dues. We'll promote him finally. No, I mean Alex Monaco
1: and Live Moods. I didn't know their gambling background, but I was like, man, they pop. I mean, the the one thing I've said for years is I watched American Idol for years. I don't know anything about music. I listen to it. I love it. But you can watch somebody for 90 seconds. I can listen to a podcast for a couple of minutes and go, wow, that that that's good. I remember Jenkins and Jones. I remember I got sent a tape of Jenkins and Jones. I'm 90 seconds in and I'm I'm laughing and I'm like, oh, these guys are so unique. We gotta get those guys. Yep. So, but again, they talk same game, different angles. Yep. So they're, they're talking Westbrook. I'm talking Westbrook. They see it differently and I love it.
0: I'm going to ask you one final thing and then we'll do the rapid fire. So I was talking last week to Paul Feinbaum and I asked him about, you probably saw the story, Stephen A. Smith launched a podcast for Odyssey that is going to go into news, politics, social issues, entertainment, everything, but sports for the most part. Right. And I asked Paul, you know, hey, Stephen A, by many people's estimation, is probably the face of the network now. And why would a guy with all that he's got going on even go into another space? And he said, look, I think, first of all, he's making a mistake. And quite frankly, Stephen A is just never satisfied. He always needs to do something else. And so I'm thinking back to when you're giving your answer before about having six, seven hours in the day and looking at how busy you are between running businesses, real estate, podcast network, radio, TV show. Like at this point, when it comes to media, what excites you still to continue doing it? And what are your future goals? Do you always feel you need more? Or you, you mentioned earlier about quality of life. Are you content if this is the majority of what you're going to do, period, for the rest of your career? Are you good with that?
1: I think you're cheating yourself as a broadcaster. If you don't live in the moment. So I don't want to think too much about tomorrow, but I asked Brent Musburger this year ago, so we had an event. It was some car manufacturer. It was a college football fiesta bowl of both speaking at it. And I remember I was in the car, he got in and uh, he lived in like Billings, Montana or something. And it, which uh, I always thought, man, it's hard to get direct anywhere out of Billings. So I said, you know, Brent, you ever just looked at your schedule and is it just daunting? Brent said, young man, He said, the only thing I know is the next game. I do not look ahead. I do not want to cheat that game. That game gets my entire focus. And I thought that was freaking great advice. When I wake up in the morning, I am going to give my 100% energy to Fox, FS1, and Premier. I don't, I just, that is my energy. Driving to work. I'm thinking of rants. I sit down with my staff where we're, I love the process of building my show. It would be like with my wife. I got to be in the moment with her. She's a really smart lady, and she keeps me honest and on my toes, and I have to give her today a special day. My kids, they deserve dad's attention in the moment. So, you know, say, well, what what, are you going to be in five years? Well, shit. I mean, podcast came out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, three uh, years ago, you started. told me it's not going to even matter.
1: <laughs> right. So I'm not going to predict the future. And and by the way, I, 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 I'm not saying this isn't a struggle, right? Like, you know, it's hard to stay in the moment when there's a million things in your life, but you're kind of cheating your employer and you're kind of cheating your coworkers if you're drifting. So you got to kind of focus in and just be there for people. As far as Stephen A. Smith, very talented guy. Um I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not. There are more than enough people filling the political punditry space. They don't need me. Um <laughs> I don't need to show you everything about me. I think Jack Nicholson would not do the late night shows when he had a movie. Right. This thing was you're going to pay for me and mystery's okay. I don't need to show you what I had for lunch. I don't need to tell you where I was. I have beautiful photographs from all over Rhode Island. Nobody needs to see them. I send them to my kids. Um, I think things about politics all day. You don't need to hear all of them. Yep. Uh, I don't think I'm selling out. I don't think I'm fearless. Bill Maher told me he likes the NBA. He didn't talk about it on his show. Right. He brings on somebody to talk about it. Costas, I've been on the show before. So I don't feel like this, this need to prove that I can have a political opinion. I am paid to deliver sports opinions, revenue, entertain people. Mm-hmm. And if it's sports, I'm totally, absolutely comfortable with that. When I'm doing radio and TV, Jason, as you well know, I got I got to hit numbers. It's 5430. I got to be out. <laughs> I got a guest. I got to tease it. Like, it's very, there's a rigidity to broadcasting. Podcasting's yeah. looser. And occasionally I'll throw a political opinion out there. But um, I'm comfortable with who I am and what I know and what I don't. And there's just some things, you know, my, my political opinions. I'm sure as we get, you know, to the last three or four months, I'll have a few more. But by and large, I'm comfortable with who I am and what I'm doing.
0: Let's uh, let's wrap with a couple rapid-fire questions. One word to describe Craig Carton and Colin Cowherd being on the same network. <laughs>
1: I think Craig knows what he is. He's a performer. He's an entertainer. uh, He's a wise-ass. Yep. um, But I think it'll be really fun to watch. I think he's really talented. Did you say one sentence or one word? (laughs) Jesus, that's unfair. Jason, who are you talking to? I'm literally thinking like
0: imagine imagining you during the course of your radio show, listening to a guest give you an answer to something that you asked for one word. Um, (laughs) fun fun kind of did it i think that that's a good one
1: he's he's yeah talented guy how about that
0: so i'm taking college football road trips for the entire fall i'm Uh, doing 10 different cities Uh, best place to experience a college football game in your estimation
1: oh my god there's so many i'll tell you what camp randall in wisconsin is really really good. Damn it! Um, that one's not on I'll the. 23 give, I'll give Wisconsin schedule. love. All respect to Husky Stadium, Eugene, Oregon. The Swamp in Gainesville—that's the loudest. Boy, Madison in the fall, a night game. Oh, that's. I'll be in Gainesville,
0: is. but now I'm going to have Wisconsin on the uh, the 23 schedule. I I don't have it this year. Um, if there's one thing you miss about ESPN, what would it be?
1: best soup of any company I've worked at. The people they'd make three a day. And I was always like, man, these people, Fox is great. Their
0: soup's not as good. And I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) More disrespectful. Someone showing up for a business meeting with you wearing a Baker Mayfield jersey or a backwards hat. (laughs) Man.
1: I the Baker Mayfield jersey would actually Make me laugh. I'd like that. I, I would that you'd have to have a lot of confidence. Uh, I've softened a little on backwards hats because when I clean the garage, I wear one. I'm not a big fan of backward hats for um, what feel like steakhouses. Yeah, a podium for a quarterback on Wednesday. It feels kind of frat boyish, but Brady does it. He's a goat. So where do I go with that? Right. You know,
0: listen, man, what you're doing with the volume is awesome. You've built up a lot of uh, great programming there on top of that. You know, my, uh, my feeling about the work you do on radio and TV best in the business, in my opinion, which a lot of people seem to agree with over the last uh, six years since we started keeping track. So, uh, obviously just onward and upward from here. I appreciate you taking some time today. Wish you the best with the show and, uh, Continued success with the volume.
1: You know, you have also built a business rapidly. Um, and I'll say this. It's fun. It's not easy. It's fun to help people. It's helped, It's fun to lubricate other people's careers. Um, so tip of the cap to you. You have a lot of people that do what you do have gone in a million different directions. I don't think anybody's done what you've done. So I have great respect for that. Thank you for listening to the Jason Barrett Podcast. Please take a moment to subscribe to this show on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, YouTube, or wherever you consume podcasts. And to stay in touch with Jason, follow him on Twitter at SportsRadioPD or read his columns on BarrettSportsMedia.com.